Yay, well, Happy New Year. This is awesome. I'm impressed. You know, um, I've talked to a couple people this morning uh, and said that, and I got a kind of a tepid response, like, yeah, maybe. And it's like wh- something happened last year that kind of gave you the sense that maybe it wouldn't be happy this year. Hey, happy means blessed. It's okay to trust God and have faith that in this new year, there are blessings ahead. Amen? a good thing. So hopefully I elevate your faith at least to that level, maybe even more as we jump into this. I was reading Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 recently, and it just reminded me where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. And we we have so many things we want added into our life, don't we? We have provisions, we we have healing, we have uh, relationships. We have all kinds of things that relate to our future that we're like, ah, oh, those are the things I want. And God says, seek me first, and he'll add these other things into our life. And uh, so I was thinking, man, there is no better way to start a new year than to put him first and to dedicate the very beginning part of the year to him. So we're going to dedicate 21 days uh, prayer and fasting to God in this upcoming year, the first 21 days, right? Well, I know we're on January 3rd, so it's going to go to January 24th, if that's okay. And uh, I want to ask you and invite you to join me in that and join us as a church. We're going to do it together. And that means we're going to be each other's cheerleaders, and we're going to be there to pray for each other and uh, seek God together. We need that. We need that. I mean, Have you ever prayed and spent some time praying and just felt like there was something blocking your prayers or or something just missing, some ingredient missing? And that very thing happened to the disciples as they were praying, and Jesus kind of pointed out the problem and actually gave them a solution. And I want to look at that together. If you have a Bible, open it to Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to see this dilemma that happens. When they came to the crowd, that's Jesus and his disciples, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And then look at this next verse with me. It's very interesting. He says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Now, keep in mind, that was new for the disciples. They had been commissioned by Jesus. They had been given authority in his name. They had been sent out to cast out demons and heal the sick, and that was happening. And then they bump into this situation, this conundrum that they had not had before, and and, and they don't know what to do about it. And then Jesus gives this really kind of interesting call or pointing out the issue. He says in verse 17, let's say it together. If you can find verse 17 on there, it starts with O. O, unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Unbelieving and perverse generation. Those are pretty strong words, right? I mean, that's like, ow, really? 
I think it was something that they were dealing with that we still deal with today. I think it's something that relates to every one of us in the room, that we have these two problems, unbelieving and perverse. Verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Jesus identifies the problem, a problem that we still have, and then he gives a a couple thoughts of how to actually overcome that. So let's talk for a moment about what it means to be unbelieving. Unbelieving can happen to any one of us, and it often happens as our life disconnects from God. When we're disconnected from God, we become more and more unbelieving of the things that God can do, will do, wants to do. And so maybe it was that they had relied on their methods that used to work in the past or a relationship with Jesus that they had at one point, but they had drifted away and disconnected from God and became unbelieving. Perverse, on the other hand, is connecting too much to the world. Unbelieving is disconnecting from God, not being connected enough to God, and perverse is connecting too much with the world, with the world. What does that mean? It's all those things that we tend to do where we put too much energy, too much reliance, too much dependence in things that don't fill us, the things of this world. Um, You know, it's the things, those habits that get developed, that intimacy with the world, those things that dilute our relationship with God, those unhealthy relationships perhaps in our life, whatever it is that dilutes or pollutes your walk with God. That, he says that's perverse. That's the problem, that we're not connecting enough with our Heavenly Father and we're connecting too much with His world. And he's saying that's the problem. Now, I have my list. You probably have your list. I have those things that if I'm honest and in those honest moments, I go, these are the areas where I've kind of disconnected. I've drifted away from that relationship I once had with God, or whether it's rhythms that I had, or whether it's a sense of intimacy or closeness with his presence and power, but we all have our, and then we all have those areas where we started to put too much energy and dependence into into things in this world that don't help us, that really drain us, that deplete us, things that, that seem so right in the moment, but when with reflection, we're like, man, I've just been doing that way too much. I put too much energy in, into the things of this world. And I'm going to just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about you because he's good at that. He's great at that. Matter of fact, he came to bring conviction, and conviction is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It means he loves you. Condemnation comes from the devil. Conviction comes from Jesus, and he wants to bring that healthy conviction into your life. Where, where have I been unbelieving or perverse? Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately. And they're, they're probably privately like, come over here. Let's not be around everyone. We failed. How do we do this better, Jesus? Why could we not cast it out? And so Jesus said to them, he said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And we all have those mountains in our life that we need moved. We all have the breakthroughs we need. We all have areas where we're waiting on something that's blocking God's purpose in our life to be removed. However, this kind, he said, Jesus said this, he said, however, this kind does not go out except by what? 
prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. The problem, unbelieving and perverse. The solution, prayer and fasting. This is what Jesus is explaining to them and teaching them. Prayer is powerful. Why, why prayer? Why is prayer so important? Because prayer connects you to God. Remember the problem? Disconnecting from God. And he's saying, so prayer, connecting to God, growing in our intimacy with Christ. And often that comes by just spending time with him. Time with him. And it's not because of the time itself, like, oh, I, I checked these boxes. Hey, I did a whole hour. Hey, I spent 24 hours. No, it's it's not that time impresses God. It's you spend time with someone to build a relationship. You spend time to grow in your trust for the person. You, grow, you spend time with someone to understand their character, that, they're, that God is good. You spend time to remember and reflect on all the great things of the past that God has done. And then it gives you faith and hope into your future. I need to spend time with God. For me... Um, often what happens is I'll set a schedule like at the beginning of a year. I'll set kind of a new calendar, a new schedule, have some new rhythms. And I'm pretty good for like almost maybe, maybe two months. And then it just all dissipates. Life happens. And then I feel like I have to go back to God. And, because what normally happens is I'm not smart enough to just figure it out and go back and, you know, like be proactive. What happens is I feel my soul drying up. I feel like something's off. I feel like I have disappointed myself in some of those things. And so then I finally wake up and I go, you know, I need, to, I need to spend some time in prayer. And so I'll rededicate a time, maybe it's an afternoon or a whole 24-hour period, whatever it may be, just to get reconnected and to pray because prayer connects us to God and it grows our relationship of intimacy with Him. Now, I, I would assume everyone, online church, here in person, Every one of us can grow in some area in our prayer life. So prayer, prayer, but prayer and fasting, fasting. Prayer connects us to God and fasting disconnects us from the world. Those are the two problems and these are the two solutions. Being too connected to the world, not enough connected to God. Prayer connects us to God and fasting disconnects us from the world. I'm, I'm not talking about health fast. Health fasts are good. They have their place. I'm talking about a biblical fast, a time of coupling, fasting with praying for the purpose of intimacy with God and breakthrough in our life and in our community. Fasting is a pretty foreign concept for a lot of Christians. We don't, it doesn't get a lot of airtime at church. And maybe that's because as Americans, we just don't like to do without our food. You know, like we like our food, right? And we have a pretty large abundance of it in most of our homes. Thank the Lord for Surf Spokane, who provides food for those who are food insecure or going through a really rough season of time. I've needed that before, uh, and that's a very real thing. But for most Americans, we have an overabundance. We throw out so much, I mean, and we turn to it at every corner. I mean, what do you do when you're depressed? We eat. What do you do when you're lonely? Eat. You know, what do you do when you're bored? Eat. What do you do when you're watching TV? Eat. What do you do when you're waiting in your car two hours for a chick? Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> Look, fasting isn't something we do in order to impress God, to earn some brownie points. 
to obligate God that now he owes me, you know, I did without these meals. No, fasting helps me disconnect from the world so that I can better connect to God. When we deny ourselves um, and deny our flesh, what we're doing is we're helping our spirit emerge and become dominant and become more in control. I want to be led by the spirit and not cave to the flesh. Fasting weakens the flesh so your spirit can rise. And I think of every important decision in my life, I mean the important ones, and they were normally preceded by prayer and fasting. I can think of the first big one was when I became a Christian. Uh, I was only like one, two years old in the Lord, and I didn't know if I should be married or not. I was a single man, just trying to figure it out. Like, should I or should I not? I had a string of unhealthy relationships in my past. I'm just dedicating my life to God. And so I, I entered into a season of prayer and fasting. And towards the end of that, I woke up early one morning, about 5.30 in the morning, and I head over to this park. It's not quite dawn yet. There's this mist in the park, a park by my apartment that I had frequented often. And in this park was this old man, really old, like ancient, like my age probably, because when you're 22, anybody who looks like me looks ancient. And, but he was, he was like this really old man, never seen him there before. He was not a park employee and he's picking up trash. He's just picking up trash early in the morning. And I'm like, why is that guy there? And I walk over and I talk to him and I ask him what he's doing. He just tells me, well, I'm just beautifying this park. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. That was way before all the environmental stuff became more popular too. Right. And because this is like decades ago and, and, um, and, and I, he asked me, what am I doing there? I told him, well, I'm praying and I'm just trying to figure out my life, you know, and I'm wondering whether I should be married. And we have this conversation that lasts about 20 minutes and he just gives me this sage advice. He just makes these incredible deposits into my soul. And then he disappears and I go off on my walk and I never see the guy again. I had been to that park like a hundred times, never seen the guy again. And I kept wondering, God, who was that? Like, where is that guy? I want to talk to him again. And he's just gone. And I'm convinced that God sent like an angel, an angel to help me. And the cool thing that came out of that is God sent me another angel, which her name's Tisa, and she became my wife. And it's like God answered that prayer. I think of all the times of the different moves or ministry things or going out of the country to live like we did for a few years or coming back or moving to Spokane or planting a church, this church. Every one of those was preceded by a season of prayer and fasting because we need God's power. We need his power. We need his presence. And there's something that gets released in our life, the wisdom we need, the breakthroughs we need, that intimacy with God we need. And, and so I want to invite you to join me. Join me as we, as we pray and fast. Because this church has experienced miracles over the years. Thousands of people have given their hearts to Jesus through the ministry of North Church. Over a thousand people have been baptized. Scores of churches have been planted directly or indirectly through this church. Leaders have been raised up. Community has been blessed through Serve Spokane and the partnerships we have with other great ministries in our city and around the world. Why? Because of God. Because of his power. 
And we need that same power as we look into the future because God is not finished with us. He has an incredible calling on our lives as a, as a community of faith. And that isn't going to happen just because we're smart or hardworking. It's going to happen because of God. We need a breakthrough. We need something to happen in our community, in our world. People are hopeless. People are just waiting for the next big bad thing to happen rather than putting their hope and their faith and their trust in the only one who is trustworthy, and that's Jesus. We see fasting throughout the Bible. Moses fasted. Daniel fasted 21 days. David fasted. Elijah fasted. Esther fasted and called all of Israel to fast. Jesus fasted. We see throughout the book of Acts, people, Barnabas and Paul inside different ones, fasting all of the time, praying and fasting together. So starting today for the next 21 days, that's what we're going to do. We're going to enter into this time of prayer and fasting together, season of three weeks. And what you're going to see is your faith will grow. This sense of God's closeness, his power, his presence, you're going to experience that as you dedicate that time. And God is going to recall us and refresh us to the purposes that he has for our lives, both individually and collectively all together. In the New Testament, there are so many various teachings on fasting. It's not just an Old Testament thing. Jesus spoke directly about it in Matthew chapter 6. Here's what he said. I love this particular verse in verse 17. He said, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. He didn't say if you fast, if you're up to it, if you need to shed a few pounds. He didn't say any of that. He said when you fast, because he's talking about a spiritual fast, a time to connect with God and disconnect from this world. In the early church, we see it all of the time in the book of Acts, when they would prepare, when anything new would launch, and whenever a breakthrough was needed, you see prayer and fasting. Here's one specific one in Acts chapter 14. It says, when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Notice prayer and fasting, the synergy of them being together. There's something special about that. Author of Mighty Prevailing Prayer, Wesley Duell, said this, Fasting is God's chosen way to deepen and strengthen prayer. You will be the poor spiritually, and your prayer life will never be what God wants it to be until you practice the privilege of fasting. So I want to call you to that. Call me to that. Call us to that. Prayer and fasting and see the great things God does through it. Jesus in the New Testament, in Matthew, again, back in Matthew 6, he gives us a couple kind of things to think about as we head into a fast. He said, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. Bummer, right? Like if I'm suffering, I want people to know it. And so he's saying, don't make it obvious because then you're kind of like a hypocrite for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Oh, you are so spiritual. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward you're going to get. You know, if that's what you want, you want the admiration and the respect of others through it, that you're so amazing, you're such a super saint, that then that's, that'll, be your, that'll be your penny's payment. But he said, when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father 
who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. There's a great reward when we pray and we fast and we do it as unto God and not, not to impress others. Now, let me just say with that, that it is not wrong to tell someone else that you're fasting and ask them to help you pray, pray for you, hold you accountable. That's a healthy thing. That's not in order to impress someone. It shouldn't be. But it's to incorporate, especially when you do a corporate fast, that we need each other. And so we're going to be involved in it. So, and also, if you ever get invited over to someone's house and they're making you this meal and, and you're going, oh, I can't tell them I'm fasting because that's unspiritual or I'll lose my reward. No, you won't. Don't be weird. Don't be kind of cagey and go and, and act all mysterious why you can't eat. Just say, oh, I'm just fasting. Drop it, right? It's simple. So we need each other. Be praying for one another and maybe even invite someone to hold you accountable and then we can do this together. Not to be seen, but just to glorify God in our lives. And to see the reward, which may look different for every one of us, the reward that God brings into our life. So let me kind of just get really super practical for a moment. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do before you go to bed tonight. So that means today. That means you got to remember that you can't, you can't rush off and then forget. So before you go to bed tonight, make a plan. Because it starts today. Make a plan. Make a plan. Maybe get a piece of paper and a pencil out and just write some things down that you're going to keep with you during this 21 days. Let me give you a couple examples. Where do you need breakthrough in your life? Where do you need God to bring healing? What decision do you need wisdom about as you head into 2021? What has been, become too important to you that's soul-sucking and not life-giving. What needs to break? What needs to change? Write it down. And over these 21 days, it's something that you can be talking to God about. And then decide, what kind of fast are you going to do? On our website, again, northchurch.net, make sure and go there. There's all kinds of great resources. I've already ordered one of the books off of the resource page. It'll talk about different fasts. There's prayer points for each day that we can all be collectively praying about. Uh, but there's four types of fasting I want to mention really quickly. And all of us can participate in fasting. It doesn't mean that you need to go all 21 days with no food, okay? There's different kinds of fasting. There's a complete fast, which is that very thing, 21 days with no food, and just drink liquids and so forth, juices and that's a complete fast. And for some, God may call you to that. Then there's a selective fast. Like Daniel, you remove certain foods out of your diet for those 21 days. And when I say certain foods, I'm not talking about the ones you hate. Like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of broccoli, and Brussels sprouts, tomatoes. No, I'm talking about the ones you love. Like ribs, meat, whatever, you know, sugar, caffeine, whatever it is. Uh, but that's a selective fast. And then a partial fast, where you skip certain meals or you eat in blocks of time. So it may be that you just pick a meal. And again, not the meal you're already skipping because you don't even like that meal. I'm talking about the one that you probably like. But take maybe a selective approach or a soul fast, which is really good for those with health issues 
where you really can't do without any, you can't forego any meals um, because of health issues. Taking an area that's been feeding your soul and it's not been actually feeding your soul, it's been starving your soul, but something you become too attached to that you need to detach from. Could be social media, could be TV, it could be any number of things, but think about it that way. Say, what, what could I fast from my soul that would be honoring to God? But I want to just encourage and challenge all of us to do it. 21 and 21. 21 days in 2021. And then do this. Expect results. Don't just do it. Expect results. Expect God to speak. Expect something to happen for you and for breakthrough. Let me just close with this, um, this passage, which is a chapter on fasting written by God through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 58. Here's what he said. This is God kind of speaking through his prophet. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house and when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Notice that the kind of fast that God is pleased with isn't just about me. It's bigger. It includes me. It includes you. But it's bigger than that. Do you notice how it involved and included these social justice issues people that are vulnerable, people that are hurting, people in our society that have been pushed aside. Notice that it has to do with breaking chains in our own life and seeing others come out of this yoke of oppression. And then he says, if you'll fast, and you'll fast like this, he said, there are three things that you can expect. Listen to them. They're the then. If you fast like this, this is what I want, God says. Then, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what he's going to do. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your healing will come. God gives us healing, and we need healing. Some of us need healing in our emotional life or in our physical bodies. Some of us need healing from past events, traumas. Some of us need healing in our mind, the way that we think and how we've been locked into this super destructive way of thinking. We need healing. And God says, healing will come. Then he says, your righteousness shall go before you. Righteousness doesn't mean you become perfect. It means that you're set apart for God. It means that you you are rightly connected to God. Again, it's that reconnection to that intimacy with Christ. It's like, Jesus, you are the number one thing again in my life, and there's that relationship between you and God. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then here's the final one, the third one. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Isn't that beautiful? that he will come and help as we call out on him, that he sees our pain, he sees our tears, he answers our prayers, 
He promises us these things, healing, holiness, and help. Fasting and prayer moves mountains. It moves them. What mountains in your life do you need to believe God for that they are moved? Many of us are facing a pressing decision right now, and you need wisdom. Some find ourselves in an impossible relationship that just feels stuck and completely unfulfilling. You need something new, some new life to happen there. Some are facing medical infirmities. The doctors have done everything. They don't know what to do and, uh, because humanity is limited, and yet we need a miracle. Some are facing enormous pain from your past. It's just been holding you back for way too long. This can be that period of time that you see breakthrough. And some of you and some of us are being maybe oppressed even by the enemy, by the devil. But that's real. Demonic oppression is real. And there's something about prayer and fasting that sets demons fleeing. All of us in some area of our life, we need to experience the power and the presence of God. We need it in our life. We need it in our family. We need to see it in our children. We need to see it in our grandchildren. We need to see it in our community. We need to just see God break out in our community, in our society, in our world, in a way that's been unprecedented. Right? We've used that word before for negative things. We need to see an unprecedented move of God. And it won't come because we just want it or because we think about it. Prayer and fasting always precedes revival. And so we have all of these things. It makes such sense that we do it together. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you. And you can personalize that, Lord. I come to you. And I want to just dedicate my life to you my future, my hopes, my dreams, my plans. Lord, I don't want to just dream up some great goals and then ask you to bless them all. Lord, I'm asking that you reveal what your plan is and that I can just join you in your plan. That your purposes for my life, not my own. So, Lord, as we dedicate this time, this 21 days of prayer and fasting, speak to each one of us and speak to us collectively. Show us before we go to bed tonight, Lord, the goals that need to be there for the breakthroughs and and even the kind of fast that we're going to do. Give us that intentionality to do that. And, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you for great and mighty things that we we have not even thought of for the power, the miracles, the breakthroughs, the healings, the salvations. Lord, we're in need. And we don't mind admitting it. We are needy people. And we are desperate for you. And we're turning back to you right now in this moment and dedicating this year to you and dedicating these next 21 days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's continue to worship.
I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. Cause I opened up my heart to you. Cause I'm sorry. When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough, take me back to where we started. Cause I open up my heart to you. Cause I'm caught up in your
I'm caught up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet And I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave You know Would you stand as we sing the last song of service, the song that we started with? Let's sing this confidently and joyfully, knowing that God has a prosperous future for us, a prosperous year for us. Sing with me, the reign of darkness. The reign of darkness now has ended in the kingdom of
Thank you for those songs. Thank you for the reminder that God reigns above it all. I love that. I love that. Hey, if you're watching online, make sure and talk to your host online, how you can get better connected here at North Church, even through online avenues and uh, Zoom groups and other things. And then also, um, if you need prayer, ask for that online. If you need prayer here, please ask for that. Uh, Feel free. I'll be over here. Uh, on this side, if you're new or newer to the church, love to give you some advice on how you can better connect here. So just feel free to come by. And uh, otherwise, go have a great day today. We'll see you next week.